Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we have a DFS preview for Monday, January 9th and Tuesday, January 10th in college basketball. Uh, Monday's slate is a little bit shorter. It's mostly mid-majors, so um, you know, going to kind of quickly go through that one and then get to Tuesday's action, which is a big 12-game slate um, that DraftKings is doing a lot of special contests for. So uh, if you are here looking for the Tuesday preview, find the timestamp in the description uh, so that way you can go ahead and get to that. But we are previewing both nights here on this same episode. And the reason that Monday slate's a little bit smaller is because college basketball is kind of letting college football take the spotlight. Tonight is the college football national championship game. If you are playing Showdown DFS for that on FanDuel or DraftKings, made an episode last week that previewed that Showdown contest for this national championship game. If you haven't played DFS college football all year, you haven't watched college football all year, that episode will give you everything you need to build a Showdown lineup for tonight's game and hopefully win some money with tonight's game. So, that is why we have the short slate Monday. So like I said, we're going to do a quick Monday preview and then a big Tuesday preview here on this episode. Also, for the rest of the week, uh, make sure you stay tuned to the podcast feed if you play fantasy golf. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be doing a preview for the, you know, pretty much the start of the 2023 PGA Tour season. Um, you know, I know they play in the fall, but a lot of people don't really start paying attention until the, the calendar turns. And so we're going to be previewing the Sony Open for DFS, one and done, outright winner bets, all that stuff. Um, so if you play any fantasy golf or watch any golf, uh, make sure to stay tuned for the episode tomorrow. And then later on throughout the week, we will also be previewing the NFL um, playoff weekend for DFS purposes. And then lastly, um, you're here for college basketball. If you're listening to this, there will be another college basketball episode this week. I'm just trying to figure out which day will be the best to do that. So uh, if you want to be alerted when we drop an episode, make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. Um, like I said, if you're here for college basketball, there will be more college basketball content this week. All right. As a reminder, if you want my full DFS picks, some of which have hit very big in college basketball lately, uh, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And if you have any lineup or start sit questions, reach out to me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm more than happy to help you out on there. All right, enough with the introductions now. Let's go ahead and talk about the Monday slate. But quick, but first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. <laughs> So we do have four games for us on this Monday slate. Um, there's a lot of varying over-unders on this slate, like a lot of varying point totals. There's going to be some very fast games played tonight and some very slow games played tonight. The game to target is going to be Oral Roberts at New Mexico. It's got an over-under of 161.5, and New Mexico is only four-and-a-half-point favorites. So what that means is this is the highest-scoring game of the slate, according to Vegas, and it's projected to be a close game, according to Vegas, with only that four-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, New Mexico is expected to get into the 80s, Oral Roberts the high 70s. Now, in one of the other matchups, Colgate is taking on Army. Colgate is the 26th best offense in the nation, according to Ken Palm, and they are implied to score 80 points against Army, so that Colgate offense may be one to target. In another matchup, Southern is playing Bethune-Cookman, and Southern is implied 78 points in that matchup. It's expected to be a little bit of a blowout with a double-digit point spread. And then the game that we really want to avoid is IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, which is quite the name for a college. They are taking on Robert Morris, and Robert Morris is 16.5-point favorites, but Robert Morris is only implied 72 points. This is projected to be a low-scoring blowout, and I'm going to probably be avoiding this game as much as I possibly can. 
Now, looking at the top of the board on DraftKings, I think the Bethune-Cookman guys are a little bit overpriced. Uh, that game isn't going to be like super-duper high scoring, and you know Bethune-Cookman is projected to lose, and they have two guys that are at $9,000. Uh, just kind of hard pass on that. I don't think their production or the situation that they're in with, with that game environment dictates them being at that price. I have no problem starting my lineups, however, with Max A. Smith of Oral Roberts, J1 House of New Mexico, or Jalen Rucker of Army. Uh, Max Asmus, we've talked about on the podcast here before. He is your traditional mid-major gunner. Like he is a guy that has an incredibly high usage rate. He can really fill up the stat sheet. He's got 32 points in back-to-back games. I think that he's a really good option there at the top of the board. Now, looking further down the board, just going to kind of mention a few names that I, I do like for this slate. Uh, one of the first ones is Enoch Cheeks of Robert Morris. He has at least 30 fantasy points in every game where his team gets to 66 or more real points. And I just mentioned earlier, Robert Morris has implied 72 points in this one. So I like their chances to get to that number, and I like the chances for Enoch Cheeks to get the 30 fantasy points yet again. Morris Udizi of New Mexico is $6,700, and he should be priced much higher. He is probably going to be the highest-owned player on the slate. He has over 29 fantasy points in four of his last five games, which is easily four times value for where his salary is currently at. And like I said, he's likely to be the highest-owned player of the slate. However, at that price, with that production, I have no problem deploying him in my lineups. All right, now let's talk value plays now that we're far enough down the board. Uh, a guy that I do like is Oliver Lynch Daniels of Colgate. He's $5,000 even on DraftKings. He has over 20 fantasy points in every game where his team gets the 80 real-life points, and the game is within 20 points in terms of a point margin. So you're looking at a guy that basically what I'm saying is if it's a close game and it's an up-tempo game, then Oliver Lynch Daniels has gotten to 20 fantasy points. And I do expect this game against Army to be that tonight. And so I definitely like his chances to get to 20 fantasy points again. We talk about on this, if you're if this is your first college basketball show, we mentioned value a lot on here. When you play somebody in DFS college basketball four times their salary, so like if a guy is five thousand dollars, 20 fantasy points, five times four. Four times their salary is kind of like the baseline. You want every guy in your lineup to get to four times their salary to give you a chance at making big money. Uh, And then what you really want to get ideally in a GPP is you want to get guys that can get to five or six times their salary that will give you a big payoff for their price tag and reach their ceiling, which would give you a bigger lineup. So like I said, Oliver Lynch Daniels, he's getting that 20 fantasy points, that four times his salary. Pretty much every time there's an up-tempo game, and it's a very close margin. Now, another value play that I like is Bethune-Cookman's Damani McIntyre. He's $4,800. He only played 11 minutes last game, and I cannot find anything online about an injury. This is one of those things where small-time college basketball is very hard to find injury updates and you know player statuses. So I cannot find anything on the internet or on Twitter about Damani McIntyre being injured. So I'm assuming that that 11-minute performance was due to foul trouble. So he is okay to go back to in this game. But that game was an outlier. He had 20 fantasy points in his previous three games and will absolutely take that from a guy who is priced at $4,800. At $3,900 on DraftKings is Donovan Dent of New Mexico. He is a solid punt play, in my opinion, uh, for the guard spot. Uh, we know that New Mexico and Oral Roberts game is going to have a lot of points scored, and so just getting as many pieces of that game uh, that we can get is pretty good. And to have a solid rotation player there at $3,900 is not a, not a bad option, honestly. Now, one more guy that I do want to mention for the guard spot is Bryce Monroe of IUPUI. 
I can't find anything online about his injury, but I can look at his game log and know that he hasn't played in quite a long time. And if he were to come back, he would be a lineup lock if he was active. $3,000 and he averages 20 fantasy points per game. But like I said, I can't find anything that indicates that he's coming back. So unless you find that news before tip-off, I would say you have to stay away. But if he does end up being active, he would be a lineup lock. Now, there are a few values at the forward spot that I do like. The 5K range has three interesting options. The first is Keegan Records and Chris Mann. They're both consistently producing around four times value for their salaries. And then a little further down the board, Chris Osten is the GPP plate who has upside, but not as much consistency. All right, so that does it for the Monday slate, y'all. Hopefully, you know, got enough names and enough information out there that you can effectively build your lineup. Like I said, I'm going to be getting a lot of pieces of that Oral Roberts in New Mexico game. Uh, I just think that anytime you get a game where the over-unders in the 160s, go after that spot. Um, and then also, I think the Colgate Army game, I'm going to have some pieces of as well. All right, so that does it for the Monday preview. Let's go ahead and take a quick breather and then head on over to our Tuesday DFS preview. So like I mentioned, the Tuesday slate is a big one on DraftKings. We're looking at a situation where we've got 12 games to target, and DraftKings is doing some special contests. It looks like they're really trying to kind of increase their volume for college basketball contests for this Tuesday slate, and it's a great time to do so. College basketball season's ending up. Big-time NFL slates are ending up as well. So with there being a lot of games that we can potentially get players from, it's even more important to know which games we want to target and which games we want to avoid. In terms of games we want to target, Butler at St. John's seems like the first nominee to me. Vegas has not put out over-unders on a lot of these Tuesday games yet, but what I do know is I can look at Ken Palm and see that St. John's is second in the nation in tempo, and pretty much all their games end up in the 150s for the point total. So that is one that we can pretty much guarantee as a lock that Butler at St. John's is going to be a game that we want to get a piece of. Other games that um, seem to be played at higher tempos, just looking at the team's point totals and looking at Ken Palm ratings, uh, Vanderbilt at Tennessee and Oklahoma State at Kansas State, uh, seem to be two good options as well. Now, in terms of games to avoid, these games are sure to be rock fights. They feature teams that are in the 300s in the tempo in Ken Palm and, or teams that play elite defense. That is DePaul at Villanova and Michigan State at Wisconsin. Um, so there you, there's pretty much five games we just talked about, three that we want to target and two that we want to avoid. Um, the other seven kind of fall somewhere in the middle. Once we get a better picture of the over-unders and the point totals, we'll have a better picture of what games we do, in fact, want to go after. But for now, that was pretty much how I would assess it just looking at it. All right, so now let's break down. We're going to break down the guard position, and then we're going to break down the forward position as well. So starting with the guards and starting at the very top of the board, Marquise Noel of Kansas State is alone at $10,000 at the guard position. He has at least 55 fantasy points in three straight games, which I think is pretty significant because those are all three conference games. He has at least 55 points in every conference game he's played so far. We mentioned this here on the podcast before, but teams really start to figure themselves out in conference play. Teams really want to win their conference, y'all. So what you are what you pretty much see in the non-conference is teams trying to figure out you know, what sets work, what rotations work, what lineups work. And then in conference play, they're going to run their best stuff. They're going to play their best players. They're going to go all out to try to get wins. And so what you're seeing is Marquise Noel's usage rate in conference play is skyrocketing because he is Kansas State's best offensive player. And it also helps that the three games that they played in have also ended up being pretty high scoring. So I think that he's a solid option at $10,000. Out of the players priced at $10,000 or above, 
He's actually my favorite on this slate at the guard or the forward position. I think that he is well worth the price that you're going to be paying for him. Now, looking a little further down the board, Caleb Daniels of Villanova is a solid but not spectacular cash game option. He has 28.8 fantasy points or more in every conference game, but he's only hit five times his current salary once. Like we mentioned earlier, when we play GPPs and we want to have you know bigger, more prolific scoring lineups, we want guys that can get to five or six times their salary. You know, sitting there and only getting to five times once over the course of a season, that's not going to cut it in a GPP. However, it would be outstanding for a cash game because he is very consistent. RJ Davis of North Carolina is an intriguing option for me as well. So with it being Monday morning and the game's being played Tuesday night, there's a lot of injuries that are kind of up in the air as to whether or not guys are going to play or not. One that we really need to monitor is Pete Nance of North Carolina. In the two games that where he has either missed or missed significant time. RJ Davis has actually gotten up and grabbed five and four rebounds in those two games. And as, as a part of pretty good performances too, he had 46.5 and 33.3 fantasy points in those two games. He's looking like the better of the two Carolina guards at the moment. Um, however, the tempo against um, the University of Virginia very much scares me. Uh, Virginia is a team that they try to turn games into rock fights. They play incredible half-court defense with that pack line style that Tony Bennett has patented. And it just, Carolina is not going to be able to get up and down like they like to against this Virginia team. So the tempo concerns me just a little bit, but I definitely think the R.J. Davis is an option on this slate. Now, looking at the 7K range, so with there being a lot more guys in these ranges than you know the nine or the 10, 9, and 8K, uh, I'm just going to kind of highlight the guys that I like and kind of a quick little bit about them. So the first guy that I like in the 7K range is Terrence Shannon Jr. of Illinois. So it's notable because he just had 42 fantasy points against Wisconsin. Um, but the news coming out of Illinois over the weekend was that their guard, Sky Clark, is leaving the program, whether he's transferring or just taking a leave of absence. I don't know because I've seen conflicting reports, but he ain't playing. That's the bottom line. And what that turned into was an incredibly high usage rate for Terrence Shannon Jr. in that game against Wisconsin. Uh, Brad Underwood's offense, it's not necessarily a big ball screen offense, but they really used Shannon in ball screens quite a lot. And so that's how you saw that very high usage rate and you saw that 42 fantasy point performance. And I think that this is actually a better matchup and a better spot than the game against Wisconsin because Wisconsin plays at a terribly low tempo. And so I think that Terrence Shannon Jr. has a lot of upside sitting there at the top of that 7K range. So another guy that saw a usage bump in that Illinois and Wisconsin game was Chucky Hepburn of Wisconsin. So Tyler Wall of Wisconsin did not sit or did not play in their most recent game against Illinois. And so the two injuries we've talked about so far, Pete Nance and Tyler Wall, I would say that it's more likely that Pete Nance suits up than Tyler Wall suits up, just basing it off of everything I've seen. And so when Tyler Wall did not suit up, Chucky Hepburn had 44.3 fantasy points against Illinois. His usage went through the roof. And I think that even though it's a tough matchup against Michigan State, I definitely think he can pay off five times his price tag. Now in the 7K range, we got two guards who are your true GPP plays, and that's Umoja Gibson of DePaul and Caleb Love of North Carolina. When you look at their game logs, their scoring's pretty erratic. When you look at their shooting performances, their scoring's pretty erratic. And they both have tough, slow, defensive-minded teams that they're playing, Umoja Gibson against Villanova and Caleb Love against Virginia. But both of these guys have multiple 40-point fantasy point performances this season. So these are guys that can have the capability 
to absolutely go off and win you a GPP, but they're also guys that could absolutely torpedo your lineup as well. Um, so I think that those are both guys who are intriguing options in GPPs where you want a high ceiling, but you're willing to take chances with the floor. Now in the 6K range, I like both Virginia guards, Armand Franklin and Reese Beekman, especially considering that they're going up against Carolina. This is what I would consider a tempo up game for Virginia because Carolina plays at a faster pace than they do. Carolina's shortened possession time is going to end up giving the Virginia offense more possessions uh, over the course of this game. So both of these guys are likely to get more shots and more usage just because of you know the increased number of possessions. So Armand Franklin has played over 30 minutes and had at least 28 fantasy points in all conference games that they've played so far, which I will absolutely take out of a guy in the $6,000 range. And then Reese Beekman has hit five times value for his current salary four times this season. Both these guys give you a solid floor and a reasonable ceiling in a game where they're going to be getting more possessions than usual. So sign me up for those two Virginia guards. In the 5K range, there are a few guys that I think are definitely worth talking about. The first is the LSU guards. There's four of them in the $5,000 range. They are all playable options to me. They all have the capability to get to five times their salary. But honestly, good luck figuring out which one is going to go off on a particular night. It's a situation where I might advise playing multiple lineups where you play maybe Trey Hannibal in one, maybe Cam Hayes in another. Like, just these LSU guards, there's points to be scored, but I just don't know which one they're going to be coming from. Um, and if you, when you look at the game logs, when you look at the box scores, there's no real rhyme or reason to it um, unless one of them gets into foul trouble. But, like, foul trouble is incredibly hard to predict. So I don't know which one to say which one to play, but just know that there's opportunity for scoring among those LSU guards. Now, another guy in the $5,000 range is Jaden Epps of Illinois. He saw a usage bump in their last game without Scott Clark. He had 22.8 fantasy points against Wisconsin. He's definitely worth the look um, with that increased usage rate. Now, Florida guards. One of them's in the 5K range, that's Kyle Lofton, and one of them's in the 4K range, that's Kawasia Reeves. Both of them should be able to hit 4X value pretty easily, um, and I even like their upside to get the 5 times value, uh, so I like them both in any format, Kyle Lofton and Kawasia Reeves, which leads me right into the 4K and below range because Kawasia Reeves is in the 4K range. Alan Flanagan of Auburn is your GPP play in this 4K range. He had 36 fantasy points against Arkansas, in which he set a season high in minutes, points, and fantasy points. I definitely like the upside of getting a guy in that range that has the capability of scoring 36 fantasy points. Now, Seth Trimble of UNC is your punt play if Pete Nance misses this game. He has 17 and 15.8 fantasy points in the two games where Pete Nance either missed the game or missed significant time. All right, so that does it for the guard spot. Let's go ahead and take a quick breather and then transition on over to talking about the forwards. So looking at the top of the board for the forward position sits the reigning national player of the year, Oscar Sheboy of Kentucky. And it's a very interesting case study there because he is coming off of his season worst fantasy performance against Alabama, and he got a $200 price increase on DraftKings. I don't know how that works out. I guess they think that Kentucky is going to blow out South Carolina, and so it's going to be real easy for Oscar Sheboy to rack up a lot of points and rebounds. But I don't understand why he got the increase after we saw what his floor looked like against Alabama. Anyway, Kentucky may be without Jacob Toppin in this one. He did leave the Alabama game early with a shoulder injury. I can't find anything about his availability just yet, though. But if Jacob Toppin does not play, that will open up more offensive uses for Oscar Sheboy, as well as some minutes for Lance Ware further down the board. 
Personally, I would rather play Marquise Noel at a slight price discount from Sheboy, but I do get it if you want to play Sheboy. Like I said, Kentucky should be able to beat South Carolina pretty easily, and if Jacob Toppin doesn't play, that does open up a lot more usage for Sheboy. Now, Armando Baycott of North Carolina has been outstanding recently. He has 45 fantasy points in three straight games. However, digging in the crates on this one, Virginia has only given up one 35 fantasy point performance all season to a big man, and that was Hunter Dickinson of Michigan. Now, while I think that Baycott is definitely in that category with Hunter Dickinson, Dickinson only had like 35 fantasy points, not the 45 that Baycott is used to. So I definitely think it's going to be tougher for him to reach his value, especially at the high salary that he's going to command in this game against Virginia, where that front court defense is very good. Now, Joel Soriano of St. John's probably has the highest floor out of any of the three guys that I've just talked about. He hasn't been under 29 fantasy points in eight straight games. Now, Butler has been pretty stout to big men. They have Manny Bates down low, who's an incredible rim protector. Manny Bates' scoring has also dropped recently, by the way, but I'm kind of still I'm kind of still a believer in Manny Bates. Anyway, St. John's' tempo always helps. It increases the number of possessions, so Soriano's going to have an op- a lot of opportunities to get rack up points and rebounds and assists and blocks. So, um out of the three of them, I might prefer to play Soriano, believe it or not. Um, however, out of all the high-priced options, my guy would be Marquise Noel at the guard spot as opposed to any of these three forwards. Now, looking further down the board is Jalen Wilson of Kansas, and I'm a little bit concerned. His performances, like, from a real basketball sense, have still been pretty good, but from a fantasy sense, they really haven't been. He hasn't been over 35 fantasy points in five straight games, and Oklahoma is not exactly a team that's easy to like play against they've only played two games all season that went over 140 points they even played an overtime game last week that didn't go over 140 total points scored so it's likely that this game will not go over 140 right so in the games this season that kansas has played where they you know the total hasn't hit 140 jalen wilson has gone for 31 35 25 and 49 fantasy points in those four games so the 49 being the outlier but I definitely don't like where this is trending for Jalen Wilson. I think he's an intriguing GPP play because, you know, he is such a good player. He carries a lot of upside. But I definitely don't think that the numbers and the research um, bode well for Jalen Wilson in this game against Oklahoma. Now, looking at the 8K range, Janai Broom of Auburn is a really solid play. He's hit at least four times value for his current salary in every SEC game he's played so far. Keontae Johnson of Kansas State has over 40 fantasy points in back-to-back conference games. And kind of like we said about Marquise Noel, Kansas State is really lumping their usage around Noel and Keontae Johnson. Um, Since conference play has started, they kind of understand that those two are their guys. And so they're going to get them the ball. They're going to have a lot of usage uh, in these conference games. Now, looking further down the board in the 7K range, first guy that I want to talk about is Stephen Crowell of Wisconsin. Uh, if Tyler Wall does not play, Stephen Crowell is another guy who benefits in terms of usage. He had 42 fantasy points without Tyler Wall in Wisconsin's game on Saturday. And then also in the 7K range is Derek Walker of Nebraska. Uh, he's only played 11 games this season, but he's hit four times value for his current salary in seven of those 11 games for the Cornhuskers. And I think that that's a solid value for a guy at $7,000. Looking at the 6K range. Olivier Nakamwa of Tennessee is a GPP option. He lacks consistency. He tends to get in foul trouble, but he's a guy that can deliver a big-time performance and can help you um, really reach your ceiling in a lineup if you put him in there. However, it doesn't come without risk. 
And then also in the 6K range, Leaky Black is a guy from North Carolina that over the years I have played a lot of in Daily Fantasy just because it seems like in previous seasons his price tag was always much lower than it is right now. But he's a guy that does a little bit of everything. He, he's not the biggest scorer in the world, but he's a good rebounder. He's a good assist guy. He's great on defense. He'll get you steals and blocks. And he's going to be on the floor a whole lot because he does all those little things for this Carolina team. And so what's also important to know is that he's been over 25 fantasy points in four straight games. That's pretty solid from a guy who's priced at about $6,000. And while I'm worried about the tempo of the Virginia game, I think that that kind of helps Leaky Black a little bit because he'll be able to stay on the floor the whole time. Like he's a guy that plays a lot of minutes anyway. If it's a slower game, he's still going to be able to give all those minutes and give all that effort. So I definitely like the um, consistency of Leaky Black for this Carolina team. And I like him even more if Pete Nance is in fact out for this game. Now looking further down the board at the 5K range, Caleb Boone of Oklahoma State is a straight up steal at this price. So Musa Cisse, who is Oklahoma State's normal starting center, missed the game against Texas. And he may miss this one. It's kind of early to determine that just yet. My guess is that he misses it just based off of watching the broadcast on Saturday and everything they said about Cisse. I don't think he gives it a go on Tuesday night. Now, in that game without Musa Cisse, Caleb Boone was moved to the five. And in that role, he had 44 fantasy points against Texas. Now, if you're thinking, oh, well, you know, that game might have been a shootout or, you know, it might have been up and down. It really wasn't. It was a rock fight. It looked like the NBA in the late 1980s. And basically, Oklahoma State only scored 46 real points. And Caleb Boone was able to put up 44 fantasy points. So if you're looking at kind of like the ratio there, he had like 98% uh, fantasy points to his team's total. So if his team gets to 60, he's going to get to like 57 points. So um, while I don't think that will, will hold up, I definitely like the upside of a guy in the 5K range who just scored 44 fantasy points in the same role that he's going to be playing again. Now, also in the 5K range is Jalen Hill of Oklahoma, who has at least 23 fantasy points in four straight games. And also worth noting, Oklahoma did not get to 70 real points in any of those games. So um, if this game with Kansas does, in fact, get up and down, he definitely has a lot of upside. Now, in the 4K and below range, Iowa State is going to be without their big man, Kuntz. I'm not going to try to pronounce his first name, but I do know his last name is Kuntz. And they have three big men who have all stepped up and had games of four times value or more in his absence. And those are Asun Asuniyi, Robert Jones, and Trey King. Like I said, all of whom are playable. Like, I don't really think there's a rhyme or reason as to which one have like the better performances all three of them hit four times value in their last game the Coons did not play now the one I think that has the most upside is Asuna Suni you know he's a transfer from St. Bonaventure and he had some big time performances at St. Bonaventure as a high usage big man and I'm just kind of waiting for him to kind of start doing that there in the big 12 like he did in the A-10 uh, and then Trey King is he give you a lot of salary relief if you do go down to him uh, all the way down the board. So Robert Jones is going to kind of end up as the man left out in the middle, but he is another guy that if Coons is not playing, can give you four times salary in that return. So that does it for the four position, and that does it for our preview of the Tuesday slate. So like I said, you're going to need to monitor injuries and make sure some of these guys like Pete Nance and Tyler Wall are in fact not playing before you plug the guys into their lineup that are affected. 
But I do think that we went over a lot of names that I really like to play on this slate um, and a lot of options that you can use to build out your lineups. Maybe I increased your awareness of a few guys that have flown under the radar. So if you want to see how I build out my lineups, I can't show the full lineup, but I can show the full core. If you want to take a look at that, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, make sure you stay tuned to the podcast feed for the rest of the week. If you're here for just college basketball, don't worry. I got more college basketball content coming your way. If you're interested in playing DFS or any kind of fantasy sports for all the other sports, I've got my golf preview tomorrow. There will be an NFL preview for Wildcard Weekend coming out as well. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. It really helps me out a lot. And follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks if you have any lineup questions or start sit questions that you might have. And lastly, it is National Championship Night in college football, so if you want to check out my preview for the DFS showdown slate for the College Football National Championship, you can find that on the podcast feed. It was released last Thursday. All right, so that does it for this episode, guys. Best of luck to you in all your DFS endeavors. Hopefully, this was able to help you out just a little bit and give you some names to put into your lineups. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time. (music) 